God used to do things a, a lot differently than he does them now. One of the things he did differently in, um, in the past is he spent a lot of time with a nation called Israel. Now, one of the weirdest things about Israel is that God never explained why he made Israel. Of course, he said a lot about Israel. He said, I have formed this people for myself to shew forth my praise. We hear about uh, Israel as a chosen people, a promised land. We hear a lot of things about Israel. But one of the things that's different about Israel is that why would God, but why Israel? Why not the whole world, the whole earth? Why not every world? Um, why is it the angels are so mysterious and all of the serious business with angels? I think when we really get down to it, we can go back to the book of Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus. And what we see is a fucking uh, long line of retarded sinful behavior. Um, you know, with Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, there are a bunch of uh, men that wanted to uh, rape angels. Um, then Lot's daughters raped him. And uh, Cain slew his brother. And Eve and Adam, they can't even figure out what to do when the fucking serpent is there laying on his belly. I might retell the whole Bible with the, uh, the strange things that happened. Right now I'm telling uh, kind of wisdom of the Bible. And this is important to know that there's a lot of sin. So when we get to the book of Numbers... We start to realize uh, something interesting about Israel. They're finally going to be numbered and they're going to go to war. And the only reason, really, is for them to go into Israel and have the promised land, to like inhabit it and possess it. So the question is, again, why would God choose Israel to do this, not the whole world? Like, why would, if everyone in um, Canaan is so bad, why didn't God just kill them himself? Canaan is a nation where they were so wicked, they killed every righteous man. And the only men and women that lived were wicked as fuck. And of course, they had babies. But we don't know if they're wicked or not. And so why why Israel? And I think the reason is uh, God gave the rest of the world to the devil. And if you have any doubt about that, just think about it for one second and you think that makes sense. So I think God gave the rest of the world to the devil and chose Israel for himself. So after God uh, destroyed the Garden of Eden and destroyed the whole world with the flood, we can go back to um, the book of uh, Genesis for a moment. And uh, the whole world was filled with uh, evil. Men just killed each other everywhere in the whole world. And there wasn't Israel yet. So God just saved Noah. So what he keeps doing is just saving like one man or groups like that. And what's not written in the Bible is this happened actually a lot. God just kept saving one man and killing giant cities back then. Just huge fucking cities. Uh, there was no incest back then. God just kept making more men, more women, more men, more women, more men, more women. So they could marry without incest. And then they just kept fucking murdering each other. So when we get to the book of Numbers... This is really about one thing, war, so they can go into the promised land. So they're numbered. Now, what did they do with the uh, money they got? Uh, God told Moses to number everyone. And once uh, they're all added up, that's called the sum. One plus one is two. The sum of one plus one is two. And if we just keep summing, we have the sum of everyone. Um, they took the money and they did a bunch of stuff with the tabernacle. And so... After they numbered everyone, we get to the tabernacle and it's just sin again. Sin, 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 sin. So I think what happened is in Israel, they weren't even in Israel yet, but this nation of people that weren't in the land yet. So in the book of Numbers, these people, they just kept sinning in droves so much that they kept just offering sacrifices so God wouldn't kill them instead of everyone else in the whole world. It just goes back to kind of like the story of Noah, where God's just ready to kill everyone because of your sin. Now, if they died, they could have gone to heaven and maybe been saved and lived as a spirit or something, but um, God didn't kill them. So here's some interesting stuff. There's the stuff about the Nazarites. So Moses thought there should be Nazarites. The Bible doesn't say this because he wanted men that were more holy than everyone else and that it would separate from everyone else. And this is actually a very clever and interesting idea. 
now Moses made a uh, number of mistakes and one of them that he talks to me about privately is that he believes he made a mistake when he got drunk on wine one time. One time he got drunk on wine and I think he insulted a few men that you might call elders or wise men and uh, he thinks that's his big mistake. So later he wants Nazarites, these men that don't drink, so they don't make the same mistake as Moses. So now Moses is trying to control something in Israel. It makes sense, but it didn't work. So what really happens in Numbers? Well, they start numbering everyone. Moses is all excited about wagons for some weird fucking reason. And then uh, a bunch of weird shit happens. They get thirsty again. And um, they go up to Moses and they start complaining to Moses. Now, this is a really important thing to remember from the book of um, Numbers. Because the, uh, the nation of Israel... When they got thirsty, they chode Moses. So I'm just kind of skipping through this whole book of Numbers because there's a lot in here, but it's mostly a bunch of Israel drama. So for instance, um, Moses says, I am not able to bear this people alone because it is too heavy for me. Moses said, have I conceived all these people? So Moses is complaining to them, all right? And so then God tells Moses, they're thirsty, go um, talk to the rock. And so basically, they just what Israel realized is there was like a million of them, more than a million of them. So what they did, I mean, you can count the number, there's more than a million, is they all just got in a line. And one at a time, they were like, oh, would God that we had died. They just complained to Moses that they were slightly thirsty, or that they might be slightly thirsty soon. They walk up to it one at a time, they're like, would that we had died, and then like that person leaves. And the next one's like, oh, would that we had died, and then leaves, and the next one comes, would that we had died. So Moses probably heard that 10,000 goddamn times in that stupid day, and it probably just enraged Moses. So would that we had died. And then God tells Moses, well, if they need water, I'll give them water, which God was probably going to do anyways. Maybe God made them wait for water because they're such fucking whiny people. Maybe God told Moses, look at these people. They complain about everything. If they go an hour without water, would that they had died. And then God probably made Moses listen to it so that Moses would understand this task he had chosen. Because earlier Moses had already said that he would intercede and uh, he talked to God down. God was going to kill everyone at Mount Horeb or one of the mouths. It's like, Moses is like, are you angry? And God's like, get away from me so that I can consume them in a moment. And then Moses is like, don't do it or the Egyptians will say you're not like a good God. And God's like, fine, I won't. And then so Moses took them on as a burden that day. So God probably wanted Moses to know what kind of fucking burden they are. God, this is what they did to God all day. Would that we had died. So they were praying. Would that we had died. They went to Moses. Would that we had died. They talked to each other. Would that we had died. Then they go uh, talk to the elders. Would that we had died. When our brethren died before the Lord. They just kept complaining. Oh, would that we had died. We're slightly thirsty. Would that we had died. We haven't had water in one hour. Would that we had died. Okay, so they're just bitching to God, they're bitching to Moses, they're bitching to each other, and they're complaining. And this is really important, because after this happened, God told Moses to go talk to a rock. And this is the second time Moses hit a rock with his stick. So Moses was just overwhelmed. I've talked to him about this. He was just overwhelmed. Moses had to listen to them. Moses might have been slightly thirsty also. Maybe he didn't have water in one hour. So now he's slightly thirsty. And then Moses, you know, gets kind of angry and he says, Here now, ye rebels, must we fetch water out of this rock? Must we fetch you water? And then Moses fucking smacks the rock. Now Moses clearly did not obey God. 
Moses is supposed to speak to the rock. Rock, bring forth water. And the reason is really clear. It's a practical reason. If Israel saw a rock produce water and no one touched it, they say, wow, that's a fucking miracle. All Moses did is talk to the rock. But here's what happened. The first time he smacked a rock with a stick, he probably did this a lot of times. He won't tell me how many times he had to smack a rock with a stick. They probably said, well, it's not really a rock miracle. It's more like dowsing. He has this water finding stick and he just waves it around until he finds a water rock. And then he hits it with his stick and water comes out. It's like he just found this stick on the ground. That, and there's probably more like this. When we find a stick like that, we'll do it too. That's probably what they thought. It was just some sort of water rock stick situation rather than a miracle from God. So Moses didn't speak to the rock. So they were like, then for them, it was confirmation. They're like, oh, that confirms it. It's definitely, he definitely gets uh, water out of the rock because he smacked it with his water dowsing stick. And so they were like, oh, God didn't do it. And then they were fucking choded God more. Saying to God, why don't you provide? So uh, when we get past this um, point, God still provided the water. Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. Now, I don't know what God's dumb problem was. What God should have done clearly is not provide the water. He should have shown that Moses was wrong. And then, then when Moses finally repented and obeyed God, then Moses could have turned, faced the congregation and said, I was supposed to speak to it. Then he could have turned to the rock and spoke to the rock. He could have said anything. God didn't tell him what to speak. As far as I know. He probably was supposed to say something like, holy is the Lord, and then water might come out. Because God likes being called holy. So after this, um, God made a huge mistake. See, if, if Moses had been shamed in front of the congregation, they might not have esteemed Moses. But maybe they would have known that God is God or something like that. So finally they get some water. And so in the book of Numbers, they number everyone twice. It's kind of written if you're clever and you read it it's kind of written that way but they do number everyone twice and it is also clear and there's a couple of reasons that happens and i think part of it is that um before they had done much war they actually died because they're a bunch of fucking degenerate worthless people in that stupid fucking nation they kept getting struck down dead by god see in in the gentile nations like let's just say the rest of the world god doesn't really do that much because god gave it over to the devil so he doesn't do a lot of miracles. You don't see God striking people dead when they curse his name. He doesn't do lightning bolts and miracles and save people from the enemy. And you might say, well, I've seen God do miracles. Like I prayed and then God answered slowly over 20 years. Well, you can call that a miracle. But what I'm saying is in Israel, God did visible miracles. Like the almighty God stood where everyone could see him and spoke to them. You know, and you might say, well, he spoke out of thick darkness. Well, if you saw it, you'd say it was fucking horrifying. Because he, smoke, he spoke out of thick darkness and smoke and fire and there was thunder and lightning and there were angels running the fuck around. And angels can be quite terrifying to uh, men in the earth that are called the son of man. Uh, they can be quite terrifying to other people. And there were all these fucking loud noises. And, you know, later in Israel, God's breaking rocks and breaking mountains and earthquakes and fire from heaven. So God does a, does a lot of visible stuff in Israel that he, he doesn't do in the rest of the world. And you probably will never do until the day of the Lord. Like maybe eventually there'll be knowledge of God and then maybe you'll see him or something if you live long enough. And when you get to heaven, he might do miracles and you can see him every day if you're not in hell. Even in hell, he talks to them. A lot of the men and women in hell, he talks to them every day, uh, often, and does all kinds of interesting and funny and weird shit, okay? He's God, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. But in the book of Numbers, it gets even weirder. So now you got 
you got weird problems and you got this guy Balaam. Apparently God wanted Balaam to speak God's word and Balaam refused. So God sends an angel to sort it out. Now for an, this angel, it was probably a fucking humiliating task because this angel's like, which one is the ass, Balaam or the donkey? So Balaam comes along one day and the Balaam's so fucking blind. He, I mean, he's not even, he's not physically blind. He's just not paying attention. He might as well be blind. He comes down this road and there's an angel there, like right in front of him. And then the donkey's fucking uh, terrified and just fucking lays down. So Balaam, this dumb idiot, he gets off his fucking donkey or he's walking next to it or whatever. And he just starts punching the fucking donkey. So now you got this angel that was sent by God to watch a man punch a donkey. And this angel's like, fuck, I hate doing tasks for God. And then the Balaam's punching the fucking donkey. And then God teaches the donkey to speak. And this donkey's speaking to Balaam. And Balaam's like, I guess I heard a donkey speak. And then he fucking resumes punching the fucking donkey. And finally this angel who finally gets to do a task for God come he's, he's in Israel and he's like finally fuck I get to do a task for God he's like fuck now I get to watch a, an ass punch a donkey so he's watching Balaam do this so the donkey was paying more attention than the man Balaam and then finally Balaam's still not paying attention so God makes him pay attention that's verse 31 in Numbers 22 God opened the eyes of Balaam and so the angel is ready to kill Balaam. If Balaam comes any closer, the angel's ready to fucking kill him. See, in Israel, it's different than the world. People are so fucking disobedient in Israel. When God speaks, they're fucking disobedient. Now, God calls them stubborn and rebellious, but that's another joke that I might tell you later. They're so fucking disobedient that this angel is ready to kill Balaam if Balaam makes a mistake. So finally, God forces Balaam to pay attention to the angel. And the angel, this is what the angel gets to say. Why'd you punch an ass? That's verse 32. And so this angel's like, fuck, this is the stupidest task I ever did. I get to come here and watch a man punch a donkey. I get to, this man is so foolish that the donkey speaks wiser words than the man. And then finally the angel gets to speak and the angel's thinking like, man, I get to say something interesting. I get a, a cool word. You know, this angel's probably never going to be sound, like never be thought to be cool. So maybe God is just embarrassing the angel. Now the angel says, why you punch a donkey? And the, then the angel says, I would have killed you and saved the donkey. That's how offensive they are in Israel. That the angels would rather kill all the men and save all the donkeys. <laughs> it's fucking sad. <coughs> and then Balaam starts lying to the angel. He's like, oh, I have sinned. So much repent. Such sin. I am so repenting. He's a liar. Then the angel finally has to speak as commanded. And his, here's what he says. And in Israel, this is going to sound really stupid, but in Israel, you have to say it like 10 goddamn times before they'll remember it or say it. So the angel keeps repeating himself. Go, he says, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee that shall, that thou shalt speak. He just like thou shalt speak to the only word that I speak is the word that you speak. It's the speaking word that I spoke that you'll speak. It's like they have to keep repeating themselves. So in, in numbers, what we're really seeing is that Israel has degraded to such a low point the angels have to go there and say why you punch a donkey I kill you not donkey you speak what I speak I speak then you speak what I speak I mean it's just fucking embarrassing for them
And then Balaam has this whole parable, and nobody can even figure out what the fuck he's talking about. Later, rabbis to this day still can't figure it out, and that's because Balaam didn't obey God. Now, what's not written in the book of Numbers 22 are the words that Balaam, are, he's supposed to speak. It's not written. So when you get into the next part, 20, uh, chapter 24, Balaam is supposed to speak God's word, and Balaam says this fucking weird parable instead. There's this man named Balaam and a man named Balak. And they have this fucking drunken conversation back and forth with each other. So they're supposed to like speak to each other. So here Balaam's supposed to take up his parable. And he says, he hath said, which heard the words of God, which saw the visions of the Almighty. See, as soon as they're doing this grandiose talk, they're just fucking imagining weird shit to say. He doesn't even know what the fuck to say. He's just trying to sound smart. He's like, I heard and I saw it. And it was really interesting also. And I was there and I was the one to see and the one to hear. And it was me. So it was known it was me. I mean, he's just fucking droning on about himself. So these words are worthless words. And that's what we get from Numbers 24. Worthless words. So later, if we try to find the wisdom, the wisdom is that we're not like these two men. If we're supposed to speak God's word, we speak it. And the rest of the time, we don't need to, we don't need to pretend that we're profound. Because no one respects us for that. If we want to be respected, we just tell the truth. And people will always respect that. And in Israel, they've never learned that. So then we get into the book of uh, Numbers. Now we're in 25. God says again, take the sum of all the congregations. So now they're numbering again. Now, another reason they're doing this probably is because originally they didn't do it right. Now, what, what they show in the numbers the first time and the second time is this huge variation in the numbers. It's not even similar. Now, what you would think is after all this time had passed that there'd be more in Israel. But when you take the numbers the next time, there's less. They can't figure it out how to count. So in Israel, they fuck up the count over and over again. They sin so much that they're just having to do continual burnt sacrifices on the altar because God's ready to kill them all. They, they're choding Moses because they're slightly thirsty because they haven't had water in one hour. And so they all, all of Israel meets, the whole congregation, and they come to common agreement to say, oh, we chode. And Moses is like, I have been chode. I mean, it's just stupid. And then Moses is all excited about wagons for some weird reason. And then Moses can't speak to a rock. He hits it with a stick. Like, no one can figure out what to do. So the whole book of Numbers is that no one can figure out what to do. And then there's more commands from the Lord. Once we get to uh, Numbers 30, it has to do with vows. Now, part of this, you might think, is that God's slowly over a long time revealing his law. That's not true. They knew the law back before the flood of Noah. And you can get a lot of this from the fact that Cain and Abel knew to offer sacrifices. When you go back in the Bible, they knew the law. Adam and Eve knew the law perfectly. And every time they forgot, they could find the law in, um, in the Garden of Eden. God had written it around the entire perimeter of the Garden of Eden. Anytime they left that little garden and went out or came back in, they were reminded of the whole law. So they knew the law in the Garden of Eden. They've always had the law and God keeps telling them over and over again. And maybe now what he's doing is specific circumstances. And so this might be addition. So like, think about it as extrapolating the law. So in Numbers 30, it's about, it's about a vow. Now, the reason a man can disavow his wife's um, vow. So if a woman vows to pay someone, God, um, God made it so the man can disavow it. So a lot of you are going to blame God for this. But this is actually why, why this happens. Because the woman doesn't typically work and get the money. The man has to do it. So if she says, oh, we'll pay you lots of money. She might think her husband has a lot of money, but he might say, we don't have that much. I just didn't tell you yet, wife, that um, I, we're gonna spend a lot of money building a house in Israel soon. And so we're gonna need to spend that money on that. I need to buy clothes. Like 
whatever the reason is, a man can disavow uh, his wife's vow typically because it's going to cost a fucking shitload of money. And every man and woman knows that. Women make vows that are expensive and she expects her husband to pay. So he can say, no, I won't. That's another way of saying the husband doesn't have to pay for every promise the wife makes. Now, here's another thing. God told them to purify their raiment. Now, there's different things about this. Now, there's spiritual things about this. There's things about the soul. I don't want to explain it all. But there is spiritual purity, and it's extremely important. And in Israel, they didn't know much about this, mostly because they refused to learn. Now, I'll tell you, in Israel, during the time of the Numbers, there were men and women who knew about spiritual purity, real knowledge. Not this foo-foo, I have a tingle in the palm of my hand kind of meditation stuff, which isn't that bad, but I'm just saying it's not the same. When you're trying to figure out if you have a, a finger tingle or a hand tingle when you're meditating, you're learning and you're trying to figure it out. At but back in the time of Numbers, they had real solid knowledge about spiritual purity. So when God said, and purify all your raiment, part of that is to wash it with water. Part of it is to wash their bodies. See, if they don't wash their bodies, then their raiment is dirty on the inside. And then if they roll around in the dirt, their raiment is dirty on the outside. So they needed to purify their raiment. And now here there's different instructions about that that God had given them. Back then they had clear instructions. Men and women knew how to do it. So God told them, you're filthy to me. At least clean your fucking clothes because you're filthy in every other way. See, in Israel, they become so filthy that God tells them, at least clean your skin and your clothes because everything else about you is filthy also. So God has to explain it to them like he's their mother. Wash your clothes, little children. And they're like, we chode. Would that we had died. He's like, it's just a fucking clothes washing. Would that we had died. Our clothes have to be washed now. Yes, you will have water. You can drink water and you can wash your clothes. And they're like, what, that we had died? And so they're choding. Moses gets excited about wagons. And now they have to be explained that they need to bury their poop and purify their raiment and shit like that continuously like God is their mother. Now, when we get here to the part of um, the land, something really, really interesting happens for later. God gives them instructions on how to distribute the land. Now, he tells them where to go and about wars and things like that. But... When he finally gets there, he tells them about the land and the um, the way they'll divide the land, the divisions of the land, and they completely fuck it up. They completely fuck it up. And they do a, something really bad. They name a city Shiloh. That's the first thing they do. Now, for those of you that are Jews, you know exactly who Shiloh is. It's the man that you hate, that the whole world calls Jesus Christ. And if you're Christians, you know who Jesus Christ is, but you're probably someone who denies the word because in the book of Genesis, he, Jesus is called Shiloh and none of you ever do it because if you call them Shiloh, you'd have knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so what they did that's really bad once they finally got into Israel is they named a city Shiloh and then they cast lots. They were not supposed to do that. It was wrong for them to cast lots for the divisions of the land. So when we get in the book of Numbers, God makes it extremely clear how they're supposed to divide the land. Uh, different cities. Now in Numbers 35, he talks about cities of refuge. The reason God tells them cities of refuge is because in Israel, they don't fulfill the law. And since they see a murderer is supposed to die. If a man murders, then the murderer is supposed to die that day. 
But in Israel, they're like, well, he did murder, but his name's Bill, and um, I know his sister, his mom, his brother, his aunt, his daughter, his son. We can't kill Bill. And so they don't fulfill the law. They're like, well, this is a guy we like. He's a murderer. So now they have a place called Cities of Refuge. And then they can see later what happens when there's a bunch of murderers that live together. They continue to murder. God gives them warnings and stuff like that. And he gives them warnings they can understand. Back then, even today, a lot of you won't think about this. When God talks about something stabbing you in your eye, that's one of the most horrifying things possible. So if I was God today, what I would say is if you don't drive out the, um, the bad people from Canaan, it would be like someone sticking a syringe in your eye. Just imagine laying there with a man being tied down to a table, sticking a fucking syringe in your eye. That's terrifying. So what did God say about it for them? Pricks in the eye. It's the exact same thing. But instead of a, a needle, like a syringe, it could have been a metal needle or a thorn. Okay? It's still terrifying, terrifyingly bad. And he's like, get them out. Destroy them. Get out their molten images. And of course, they didn't obey. So God told them what to do. They didn't obey. And it went really bad for them. It went really bad for Israel. So when we talk about the land and the divisions of the land... God says exactly how to do it. He says how much land they get. And he says here, to take one prince of every tribe to divide the land according to an inheritance. Now, This is going to get a little bit tricky. They were supposed to divide the land. As far as I know, exactly how it's written in the book of Ezekiel. The way it will be in the future. And they fucked it up. Not only did they cast lots and do a bunch of other dumb shit. They didn't divide the land exactly as it is written in the book of Ezekiel. Even though it's written in the exact same way, almost, in the book of Numbers. Now, in the book of Numbers, um, it only says a little bit. It kind of says like the external border of Israel, but God gave them clear and specific instructions about how to do this that are not written in the book of Numbers. God said a lot more, and they were supposed to divide it exactly how it's written in the book of Ezekiel, even though the prophet Ezekiel hadn't lived yet, and they didn't do it. So when you read Numbers 34, I want you to remember that Israel is extremely disobedient. And that's pretty much the whole book of Numbers. When we're really going to summarize the book of Numbers, we want to remember one thing. It's a transition book between uh, Abraham and them arriving in Israel, the book of Joshua. It's not a transition book to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is just a continuation of how Israel is incompetent and does it wrong. And I think it's God's um, insurance policy. Once we get to the next book, God makes it really clear it's Israel's fault, not God's fault. Because he tells them everything again. I mean, not everything, but a lot of it. But there's another thing. God talks about Jubilee. Now, I've been talking to the men and women in Israel, and they said they never, ever experienced Jubilee in their entire lives. That means they probably never, ever did it right. 
So God probably gave them huge abundances of food. Uh, Jubilee is when we um, eat the increase of the field. So God does miracles. Now in the, in the world, God doesn't do these kinds of miracles because God gave the whole world to Lucifer, except for Israel. Uh, just now, I, I speak to the spirits, and I just told the um, spirits in heaven called um, Israel. And they said, wait, we're supposed to be different than the world? They, they literally had no idea. <laughs> Jesus told them. I want to tell them right now that Jesus told them. Here's what happened. Jesus told everyone in Israel, don't be like the world. And Jesus called some men hypocrites. Well, the spirits in heaven, they heard about this during the time that Jesus lived. But Lucifer said when Jesus called them hypocrites, Jesus was really announcing that he himself is a hypocrite. And so that Israel believes that when Jesus said it, <laughs> that, he was that he was calling himself a hypocrite, not them. Because Lucifer deceived them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. Lucifer's gonna burn, he's a deceiver, but that's how fucking stupid his deceptions are. Jesus called the scribes and Pharisees hypocrites. In Israel, they thought that meant that Jesus was a scribe, a Pharisee, and a hypocrite. They, Because they believed a lie of the devil. And if you think that makes no sense, welcome to Israel, where everything's stupid. So the book of Numbers is a transition book. And we're going to get to Deuteronomy. I'm going to go through that in about two minutes, hopefully. And then uh, we'll jump right into Joshua. And that book is fucking weird and hilarious.